We're live. Alright, I'm here with my boy, Max Gomez. Uh, we've actually only met a handful of times, and uh, you sort of worked at Orange Theory for a couple of days. Yeah, I had my, my week or so. <laughs> Don't really gotta discuss that, but the way um, our boss, or once was his boss, Julie, was describing this kid, amazing kid, I knew I had to meet him, link up with him, but as soon as we met, we like instantly clicked, and uh, now he's on the podcast. So without further ado, this is Max. I want you to kind of explain who you are. Um, so as Jason said, my name is Max. Um, I'm not originally from New Jersey. I'm originally from New York. Um, I grew up in Westchester, um, New Rochelle specifically, and uh, pretty much my whole life, we, uh, my parents would always get a shore house down in, I think, Lavalette. It was always somewhere like okay. around down there. So you're always like a Jersey Shore kid at heart. Yeah, always at heart. Like okay. every, I would go through the whole um, school year and mm -hmm. like I couldn't wait for that one month. We would always get it just for like either July or August. Yeah. And I'd go the whole month down there and then, you know, boardwalk, beach every day. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, I lived for that. Yeah. So I've always had like a Jersey, you know, like I just love Jersey. And then um, when I was in high school, I started wrestling. And New Jersey's like notorious oh, yeah. for like the best wrestlers. Um, and then my best in the world. Yeah, mm -hmm. like especially now. Like yeah, with crazy. Rutgers, like they're killing it yeah. right now. And um, so my dad was originally from New Jersey and he wrestled in Jersey and he would always take me down here like after my practices. My practice would end and we would literally drive down to Jersey at like 7 o'clock at night, go to like an 8 o'clock practice. The practice was over in like an hour or so, mm -hmm. and then drive back home an hour. I would get home at 10 o'clock, and I did that like every night. That's like, a grind. Yeah, man. oh, dude, it was, it made me honestly hate it, because I'm like, it was just like over the top, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like I got good, just because I was training with not guys on my team, yeah. like I, these guys were beating me up. Yeah. So, you know, it helped in that sense, but it was just tough to keep that fire. Um, so, you know, I did that for a while, I, I, my whole like four years in high school I wrestled and then um, out of high school, I just kind of, uh, you know, right when I was around, when I was a senior, I got into a motorcycle accident, which I should backtrack, I actually, mm -hmm. um, I've also ridden, like raced motocross pretty much my whole life since I was four. Yeah. So that's like... How'd you get into that? Um, so my dad was kind of another like... I guess like adrenaline junkie. Yeah. He always liked cars and bikes and all that kind of stuff. So he didn't do it as much as like I do it now. But um, he always had like a dirt bike and, and um, you know, his dad, my grandpa would take him and whatever. Mm -hmm. So when I was little, um, you know, for my fourth birthday, I want to say, he got me like this little Yamaha, like the smallest dirt bike you could buy. That's sick. This thing could fit into like a... a like a, a box it was, it was so like an cool. actual bike right? yeah it had a, it was gas <laughs> and like and like you know i was psyched because yeah. you know like i was ready to go so i would just ride it around the park he'd follow me like on his on a bicycle and then as i grew like he would ask me like you know is this something you want to do mm -hmm. and i was like yeah like i love it let's go so we would start going to the track and i rode a lot um at english town um at raceway park so I've always kind of been like in Jersey doing something and then uh, you know we just kind of took it from there went further 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 and then um, you know by the time I was 
16, 17, I got on like big bikes, I guess you could say, yeah. which is like the 125s, 250s. Um, and then when I was 18, I was at a race in, uh, in near Pittsburgh, like just outside of Pittsburgh. And um, just kind of like a freak accident. They watered like the face of a jump to kind of keep the dust down. Yeah. And I was coming up to the jump and I just lost traction. I was just sliding. But I was in a race. I had a bunch of guys behind me, and I've been landed on before. I was like, oh, this is not going to happen. I'm just going to. So I just hammered it and just hoped for the best. And I got, you know, pretty far, but I kind of just knuckled it right at the top of the jump. Yeah. And instead of it kicking me, like, forward, it kicked me off to the left. It was like a jump up a hill. Mm -hmm. So I landed all the way at the bottom. And I, luckily, I, you know, I could have landed on my head. I landed on my feet. But it was such a high... You know, it was so high up that the impact, my, my ankle just like exploded. Oh there was God. like, they said that like late, I later found out that the, the, uh, the, like my ankle was in over 10 pieces, like the bones were shattered, um, the arteries were severed. So it was just like a whole mess in there. But we wear like boots and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that kind of held it together. Um, and like while I was at the race, like it hurt, obviously like, you know, pretty bad. And then... But like, you know, anytime I had previous injuries, I'm always like, all right, I could find like one spot where I could just kind of chill and like the pain is not too bad. Yeah. So I'm like, let me, I just try to find that spot. And then for this accident, there was nothing. Like everything was just, the pain was just worse and where it was getting worse by like the hour. So we went to the medic at the track and they're like, all right, we'll just put you in the ambulance and you just go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital and I'll never forget, it was like a 40 minute drive to the hospital. I stayed like with my leg, holding my leg like in this position, cause they just immediately put like an IV in, they yeah. morphined me up and did all this stuff. And I was just like, I was on cloud nine. So I was just, they were driving me there and I was just like, I couldn't wait to get to the hospital. I wanted to get out of the ambulance. Like mm -hmm. as soon as I got out, they put me, you know, they put me in there and they started taking stuff apart and looking at this, x-ray this, look at that. And the whole time I'm thinking, all right, it's like a broken ankle at, you know, at worst. Yeah. And, um, you know, they just little by little, they started looking at this and this, and they, they would pull out this little machine to check my pulse. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, what, they're like, then they had a hard time finding my pulse. And then, you know, at the time I wasn't like, as knowledgeable as I am now, right. but I knew like, all right, if there's no pulse, there's no blood. So that's definitely not a good sign. And then things just got worse, worse, worse. Like they tried all these different things, nothing was working. And then I was in there for a month. So after three weeks, they're like, we did literally everything. I had five surgeries in those four Jesus weeks. Christ. And so it was just like one thing after another. Mm -hmm. And then after my fourth, they amputated it on my fourth surgery. There was basically no choice. It was like, you could keep it, but I had gangrene. It was, my toes were already blue. My foot was basically dying. So I was like, you know, I talked to my parents and they're like, no, like, you can't keep this. Like, and I was already like on board with it. Like, I'm like, all right, clearly I know, like, I'm not going to be able to use this. So, um, and right away I was just like, all right, well, let me look up, like, amputees like I just wanted to see like can I run again like what yeah. what am I gonna be able to do what can I do yeah so right away I already tackled it like all right this is just gonna be like something new mm -hmm. um, and then you know I left the hospital and 
just kind of took it from there. Holy shit, dude. It's like the first time I'm actually like hearing the actual story. Yeah, it's kind of a lot. So usually yeah. when I talk to people and they ask me, like I just give them bits and pieces. But, but there's so much like, right. even this story, like I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that I forgot to say. But oh, yeah, it's just that's like. it's fucking crazy. Yeah, dude. it's um, all, I mean, it's it's crazy when I hear it now. Yeah. But like at this point, like it's this kind is. Of normal. Yeah, thing, like this is the cards I was dealt. Yeah. Like, you know, I could sit and bitch about it all day or or I could just turn it into something good and yeah that's you know that's what I'm trying to do I fucking love that about you man yeah, it's kind of like it. the whole like undertone of my podcast like everyone that I want to invite on the show they all have some sort of crazy fucking story maybe not as yeah. crazy as yours but uh, I like picking into people's like psyches and just understanding how they view the world and shit like that and I really that's something I truly admire about you and that's why I invite you on here so kind of like backtracking, what, what was going through your head while all this was happening and you experienced that? So, so like in that, in that month in the hospital, you said, right? Yeah. Like what, I can't even fucking imagine what was going through your head. Like I got ACL surgery one time and I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. People don't like being in the hospital. Yeah. Like that's, you know, anytime just being even overnight in the hospital is, a, is kind of a, a freaky situation, mm -hmm. you know, like. Most of the times, you know, you go to the emergency room for whatever it is, maybe something happened and you're like, all right, I want to get in, I want to get out. Right. But I went in there thinking, like I had that mindset where I'm like, all right, you know, because at the time I had my graduation and prom, like within like a week. So I'm like, I'm thinking like, all right, I'm going to get in here, I'm going to get out. I'm nowhere near home. I was eight hours from home. Yeah. So I'm like, I just got to do what they, whatever they say, got to do it, get it done and leave. Um, and then it was crazy cause like, it was just, like I said, like it was one thing, another thing, like I just kept hitting walls like this. Like, I'm, I don't understand. Like, like, you know, I went into the first surgery, like, all right, this will 90% chances is going to work Yeah. in my head. That's what I thought at least. And then you come out, I feel great. They're like, no, didn't work. Try this, try that. And it was just like, so, you know, and obviously I had a lot of time to think cause for, my parents were there the whole time, mm -hmm. like for the full month, they would kind of take turns. One would sleep like next to me yeah. and like the couch, the other one would go to the waiting room, like whatever. And the hospital was great. Like they accommodated us really well, but there's only so good it could be. And, you know, I had obviously with all the stuff going on, like, um, I'll never forget, like my mom was texting all my family at home, yeah. like keeping them updated on what was going on. And, um, like, you know, it was just like every day it was like a new challenge and a new like story. Right. But, um, you know, in terms of how I felt like mentally, like it was just, it was one of those things where it was just constant like defeat where I was like, damn, like, yeah, this almost worked and it imagine. just it didn't work. And I, and, and you know, they, so what they did, the first surgery was they took an artery, which if you ever see, like you see this scar. Yep. It's like a huge scar. So they took an artery out of this leg mm -hmm. and they put it in this one to try to save, like to get some blood. So that didn't work. And then the second surgery, they put a balloon inside the artery to like blow it up uh -huh. because it was like constricted. So they, I guess the thought is if they blow it up, that's fucking wild. To, like you've had like major surgeries every yeah. single time and you had to go through that over yeah. and over and over again. The first one that I went through was 20 hours. Holy shit. Yep. And I remember like, after like a couple weeks my parents were kind of not they weren't like feeding me all the information but mm -hmm. um my first surgery my dad like when they first like 
got to the hospital because he went home to pick up my mom. My mom doesn't ever come watch me race yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah. So he went home to pick her up, and then they came back. And when they came back, I was in surgery. So the apparently the doctor told him like, listen, he his leg not looking good. Like it's a good chance that he might lose his leg. And my dad like passed out on the floor in the middle of the hospital. They had like no had to take way. care. Of him. Yeah, it was like one thing it's after an entire another. family affair. Yeah, everybody they put him in a bed, and my mom's like, "Don't worry about him. Like, just leave him." Whatever. We so it was like one thing after another. Like stuff was just going the opposite way, right. and and um, but you know the whole time like I just kind of was like, "All right, well." it is what it is like this is this is how it's supposed to be and like i've always my dad always raised me both my parents they always raised me to look at things like um you know you look at the positive side of everything and like i love that fate is how it is yeah. like you there's only so much you could you could do to control certain things are just out of your control yeah i mean like there really is no fucking control of anything if you really think about it you yeah. can control your body and how you move but like certain things are going to happen yeah. That's what I truly believe. I mean, you look at, like, you could, it's sad to say, but you could get hit by a car, like, any day crossing the street. Yeah. All it takes is somebody to, like, be texting and just swerve, like, you know, you're waiting on the crosswalk, boom, yeah. your life's over. Yeah. And, like, that's, I, I try to live, like, with that in my head mm -hmm. to where, you know, everybody's always like, oh, why you get back on the bike? Like, why are you getting, why are you doing that again? Yeah. And I'm like... Like, this is, you know, I'm going to do what I love because right. I don't know how much time I have left on this earth. Uh -huh. I'd rather live, like, whatever days I have yeah. and have a blast doing it than just, like, think of what could have been. Like, I would, you know. Don't count the days. Make the days count. Yes. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, like, you know, that's how, kind of always how I've lived my life. And yeah. more so now. I love that, dude. So, like, backtracking again, kind of. Yeah. So when you... Get out of the hospital the final time what was what was going through your head like what's the adjustment period what's like your psyche like are you like down in the fucking dirt or you're just like you know you, you look at the positives in every situation yeah like what how did you adjust to this and like what, what were you thinking so um i i just kind of tackled it like i mean obviously i would say when i first came out of the hospital things weren't as bad as like later down the road where I've definitely had my ups and downs right. with it. Um, but you know, I've had injuries in the past. Like I broke my femur, I've broken my arm, my foot, like I've always, it was always something. So for me, it was just like, all right, I got to tackle this. Like, it's just going to be, I'm, I've been through it. Like I know it's going to be rehab. I know it's going to be but this injury was obviously different because it was more of like a permanent, like this is like a life changing, you know, I'm never going to be able to walk with two legs again. Like yeah. these are all things that kind of went through my head. Like how does, you know, I knew nothing. I was like, how does the leg even stay on? Like, how do I, you know, am I going to be able to, do I shower with it? Am I going to be able to go to the beach? Can I go in the yeah, water? Like there's so many questions because it's like, mm -hmm. this is a whole new limb. Like it's like totally, you know, everything's all new. When I first came out of the hospital, um, I was in a wheelchair for like maybe six months. Right. Well, I shouldn't say a wheelchair. I was I got so sick of the wheelchair, so I went to the crutches, and then I was on crutches for a while. Yeah. Um, because the because of the trauma, like my leg was like this big. Like I remember, I have my first 
leg, like the first one that they made me, and you could almost feel like a basketball inside it. It's like this big. No way. And so, like over time, it shrinks down. Right. Like as you now, my leg's probably that big. So it for it to go from that to that, it just like it was just like constant. I remember for the first three years, it would be like I would start the day and my leg would fit fine, and then by the end of the day, I would have to put like these socks on. And to fill up the space because it would shrink down. Like That's as wild. I would walk around a lot, yeah. it would shrink and it wouldn't fit. So I had to put socks on, and in like you know, this is over the course of like years. This was just like my everyday thing, and yeah. I'm like, when is this gonna end? Like when is this thing gonna stop shrinking? And then, you know, probably not until like maybe two years ago, it like finally hit a point where it stopped, and like I don't now I don't have to wear like any socks. It fits great every day mm-hmm. um and that's just something that like takes time like it's the same thing like there's nothing you can do to control that like right. you just gotta kind of ride it out and i do a lot of work with like amputees now like trying cool. to like you know help them out mm-hmm. and one of the things that i always tell them is like you just got to be patient like you can't rush anything yeah. you gotta just let it take its course and i think the same thing like mentally like you can't rush things you gotta just like take it day by day yeah like let it come and and you know it'll figure itself out. Just put your best effort into whatever you do. Make the best of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like it's gonna figure itself out. Fuck, I'm feeling inspired right now. <laughs> well, you know. So um, so like you had that adjustment period, right? And then moving forward, you decide to get back on the bike. So like, what kind of inspired you to do that? So originally it was just like not wanting to lose. I don't want to let this thing defeat me. So I was like, let me just get on. And I had no intentions of continuing to ride. I just wanted to ride like a little bit. Like I just wanted to ride for like maybe a month just to say like I did it. And because in my head, I'm thinking like, I'm never going to be able to ever ride how I was like the same speed. I'm never going to be at the same comfort level because on a bike, your back brake is controlled by your right foot. Mm -hmm. So I knew like, all right, obviously I'm not gonna be able to use my back brakes because I have no control of that foot now. So I'm thinking in my head like, it's impossible for me to even really ride the bike because back brakes is less important than front, but you still kind of need them. So I'm like, all right, I just wanna ride. Like that's all I wanna do. I just wanna get on, maybe take a couple pictures, (laughs) say I did it and call it a day. Yeah. And so I'll never forget the first day, like I got back on the bike and I felt like horrible. Like, obviously, like it was such an adjustment. I'm like, this is never going to work. And then um, I started like digging up stuff online and my dad was very like supportive at the time. I mean, he still is, but he was very like, like, let's see, let's, you know, let's see what's out there. Maybe there's guys that ride, you know, with their amputees. And we found this whole group of guys that like, ride dirt bikes they're missing you know arms legs missing knees so my situation was nothing compared to them and they're still riding and i'm like damn that's pretty sick so we found this guy and it it had to be like like luck like like same thing that i say like everything happens for a reason right at the time of my accident this guy mike schultz was developing this foot and he's like an engineer this guy's like a genius he made his own foot and he's missing a knee so he made the knee and the foot okay and like at the time he's like my dad called him and he's like yeah it's just a prototype for now but 
I can ship you out one and you know, you just like, let me know what you think of it and, and we'll go from there. So he was all psyched up for me to like test it out. He sent me this foot um, and I put it on, like bolted it on and right away, like it had, a, it has like a shock in it. So it bends more uh -huh. like this one's carbon fiber. So there's not much bend. Like okay. this one is good for like running. Cause it has like kind of like springy. Mm -hmm. um, and that one is good for more things that you need more like movement. Like yeah. people snowboard with it, yeah. they squat. It's more dynamic. Yeah, right? exactly. So, um, right away like I put it on I went to the track I'm like let me try it out I, I didn't have too much confidence in it because yeah. of how bad I felt like before I'm like there's no way it could be that much better and it was like night and day like yeah. I felt great I was like I almost felt like back to normal and like at the time that that was happening my dad was just mad scientist trying to develop yeah. a way to like get my brakes to the yeah okay. like he was just like we're going to figure it out. <laughs> so he took my back brake and he took it off and he wired it directly to like the hand. So I had my clutch lever and my back brake. I had two levers there and then my front brakes. And then the combination of that with the new foot, like I was just like, wow, this is like possible. Like this is like, it started to just be That's more and more sick. doable. I felt better on the bike uh -huh. and I'm like, I mean, if I was still having a blast. I'm like, you know, at that's this like point, I may as well destiny just, at that point too. Yeah, like I developed that. All the things are happening at the same time. I yeah. say it all the time. I'm like, it's like it was meant to be. Yeah. So I ran with it, and then to this day, I still use the same foot. We still use the same setup. Um, still, every year, it's like we perfect like little things, make little adjustments, and then just like a lot of off the bike training, mm -hmm. um, and like. I felt feel better now. I mean, I'm definitely way faster now than like I ever was, and more comfortable on the bike, and um, still having just as much fun, if not more, than when I had two legs. So it's a win-win in my eyes. That's fucking amazing, dude. Thank so you. Yeah, appreciate. I'm it. really happy for you. <laughs> yeah, appreciate. It's an it, awesome man. story. Thank um, you. So you're kind of like at peace with everything that's happened, and you know, you've had your ups and downs. I can only fucking imagine. Like. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like, I bitch about the stupidest things, but the way you, like, handled yourself and just had to kind of man up and, you know, accept the cards you were dealt, it's yeah. just incredible, honestly. Yeah. Well, one thing I always say is I always think about, like, somebody's always got it worse. Yeah. You know, like, mm -hmm. no matter what's going on in your life, like, somebody's always got it worse. Like, people look at me and they're like, like, what you, what you just said, like, you know, even when I'm coaching, like, people are like, you know, I'm doing these exercises and I look at you and I'm, and you're doing them and I'm like, ah, why can't I do them? And I'm like, I feel the same way when I look at somebody who's like in a, in a wheelchair or like an above knee yeah. amputee missing an arm because an arm and a leg is a whole different ball game. Yeah. And like, I've been around, I've been exposed to these guys and to see them do that, it's like they, they make my, what I got like a cakewalk. So... When I see that, I'm like, that fires me up. Like, I just got to do it for the people that can't do it. And, um... I love that, man. Yeah, that's how you got to be. I mean, I that's just how, I, you know, I've always lived my life like that. And just try to keep keep it going. You should look up, uh, do you know who Nick Newell is? No. He's a arm amputee. He fights for Bellator MMA. It's like oh, really? He's like 8-1. It's incredible. Huh. He just chokes someone out with one arm. Really? I struggle to choke people out, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, man. Once you learn to adapt, that it can make you stronger. For sure. For sure. I mean, definitely. 
that thing's probably like a club. He's got, I know guys <laughs> that, like, I know a guy who's a landscaper. He's got one arm, and dude, I've seen this guy carry, like, huge 50-pound rocks, and he's just using the one arm, throwing it on. He puts the gloves on with yeah. one arm. I mean, the like, human body's incredible. Yeah. Like, once it adapts, and like, like you were saying, dude, like, you can do incredible things with it. Yeah. Um... So backtracking a little bit too, so you got back on the bike, you're competing again, you're feeling good. Uh, you just transitioned into personal training, that's how we actually met. So what what inspired you to do that? Um, so like I said, I've always been kind of like a fitness guy. Mm -hmm. um, the, the motocross side of it always required like a lot of off the bike training, which is why like motocross is such a tough thing because it's like if you're not fully into it, like you know accidents can happen like when I'm not in good shape and I'm out on the track and I feel myself getting tired that's when things can start like you know I'll get a little sketchy and I and like I almost crash right. so I've always been like I'm, I'm like a firm believer and like if I'm not in good shape I won't get on the bike because yeah. then I feel like I'm yeah. just like not able to handle you got to like respect that machine you know mm -hmm. so you want to handle it to the best here yeah exactly and so I've always been training, you know, training a lot and this and that. And then right now I'm currently in school for physical therapy. Yeah. So I was working at a place in Long Branch um, with this lady who's like a phenomenal physical therapist, this lady, Claudia Tomas. She's from Romania. And um, she just, she kind of the same thing. Like she was like, I was always a trainer. Like she implements a lot of like strength training into her rehab, like with her clients yeah. or her patients, I should say. But, um, so she was the one that kind of was like, you need to get like your personal training, like certification, like that'll look good even for schools and stuff like that. And she's like, physical therapy is essentially like personal training. Like you're rehabbing, you know, you're doing certain things, but Putting the being able to transform the person's body to make them stronger yeah. is training. So uh, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get it. And this um, this January of this year, I got my ACE certification. Mm -hmm. And then I was just kind of looking around. I did a little bit of one-on-one -on -one training with a couple people that I would go to their house, and um, and then I, I went into looking online and I saw Orange Theory, yeah. and then. Um, you know, I talked to Julie a little bit on the phone and then I kind of just went to that for a little bit and it, you know, I, I still think it's a phenomenal system. I mean, clearly they're, they have locations literally all over yeah, America. Wild. Like the thing has grown, yeah. you know, crazy. So it's clearly a, a proven system and, you know, I, I just didn't feel like I was fitting, I guess there. And, um, and then, so I kind of just. At the time, I was taking, uh, well, I didn't really, I, my girlfriend, uh, Brie, she took a class at sets, or she, like, enrolled, yeah. and so I took one with her, and I was like, you know, I went there, and I was like, damn, this is, like, awesome, like, circuit-based, like, you know, a little bit more time to, like, kind of look at the, the you know, the people in there, form-wise, and, like, make corrections and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, this is like a cool thing they got going on here. And I knew they were opening another gym in Old Bridge. Yeah. So I just texted the guy, one of the guys, Mike Varrell. I was like, yo, if there's an opening, like, just let me know because I want in. And he's like, uh, he's like, no, I text this guy, Anthony uh, Kapisakis. He's the guy that, like, runs it. 
Um, and so I texted him and he's like, come in, like, you know, give me your resume. We'll, we'll go from there. We'll see, you know, see yeah. what's up. And then that was like maybe two months ago. And then a month ago I started in freehold. I got some, some of my classes. I'm meeting a bunch of people mm -hmm. and I'm loving it. And it's, you know, it's a blast. That's awesome, man. So it's worked. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to like end off this interview because I wanted to touch on things with just like kind of like your mindset and your psyche, but you kind of answered pretty much everything so far. Is this still recording, by the way? You got one minute, 30 seconds. I'm already started. That was dope, dude. Yeah, no problem. Hearing like your actual story just like gave me goosebumps. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, we got another 30 minutes in this, John. I like what we're doing. I like I like this podcast thing. It's me good, too. man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Coming. Oh, dude. Of course. As soon as you texted me, I was like, oh man. Uh, <laughs> right away, I told Bray. I was like, oh man, I'm going. Um, I was just saying off camera because we had to restart real quick. But like hearing your entire story just gave me like goosebumps, and I knew I had to meet you, and just like I I just fell in love with kind of like who you are as a person, how you carry yourself, and how you handle the situation. Um. You know, you kind of answered all my questions about mindset and shit and like how you look at life and I, I think it's super inspiring. Uh, for myself too, I've been like doing a lot of, I guess you can call it soul searching or kind of rewiring the way I think. Um, mm -hmm. So like I always used to be like super positive and shit and I kind of, I guess as I was growing through like college and shit, like I graduated two years ago, I kind of like lost who I was, I guess in a sense, and I like, right. kind of lost my sense of identity, but I'm starting to like rebuild that. I'm starting to be at peace with myself. One thing that helped me a lot was uh, this one book called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. I said that right. But I've, I've been saying that like every podcast. This is just sponsoring me at this point. But I feel like um, everything that I've read and practiced in my life now, I feel like you've already accomplished. Um, it's just like the way you handled that situation and you kind of accepted, uh, you weren't like resistant to the cards you were dealt and you kind of just like went with it and... Uh, I just feel like it created like a beautiful psyche in you. And I truly admire that. Well, I appreciate that. And, <laughs> and I, I, I like to think that's true. And, and, you know, but at the same time, everyone's got their challenges. For me, like, you know, maybe I handled this well, but I mean, I've been in college for like six years now mm -hmm. and like I still have another three years. So it's like, well, isn't that normal for your school? Yeah. Work? Yeah. I mean, for PT, it's a lot of school, but at the same time, college and school in general has just been like my kryptonite and like everybody's got their challenges. You mm -hmm. know, some people might be good at one thing and better, you know, better at others that, you know, suck at one thing, whatever it for is. Sure. But so, you know, people look at me and they're like, which is one thing my mom always tells me, she's like, listen, if you could beat this, like you could beat anything. And like I like to believe that's true because right. it helps me feel like, you know, like a, like stronger. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like everybody handles things differently. Right. Like you know, it's whatever some, you put your mind to. I mean, yeah, exactly. School is a completely different challenge than yep. the physical hardships you face. Yeah. I mean, you probably like a positive outlook on it, but like going through fucking school too. Like even when I was at Rutgers and I took pre-calc, like I'm. That was like a 75% failure rate of the class. That was like one of the hardest classes I ever took. <laughs> and like, uh, I don't know, there's just, there's levels of different um, challenges in your life. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to experience more hardships, but I know you got it. Whatever yeah. you do, whatever well, you put your mind to. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. And I just want to say thanks for my man having me on this. Of course, man. Anytime. I appreciate it. I got to have you back on here. Oh, time. yeah, 100%. We'll do it again. So um, I guess we'll conclude with uh, where can people find you if they want to look you up. Uh, so my Instagram is amplife, A-M-A-M-P-L-I-F-E 494. Um, 
I'm on Facebook too, and I ha and Bree made me a website, but I haven't updated it in a yeah. while. So maybe I'll I'll give it to him on the next on the one on the next time. Yeah, we'll drop it'll that. Be a little, we'll drop that when it's live. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm I'm around. Come see me at sets. I'm I'm there most of the couple days a week. I'm gonna come check you out. You got it. Telling you, bro. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> we'll be good. Good. I gotta come see you too with the jujitsu. Oh, I want to do it, dude. Dude, I let's it. fucking set that up. I want to go. Love it. You'll fucking love I, it. Cause I used to wrestle. I've been. I haven't been on a mat forever, and oh, I want to go. There's nothing like it. You know I, I've already. heard. I'm a like. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts, yeah, and he's like a jujitsu king. Yeah. So he's always like, I'm telling you, like, you know, he tells every guy, he's like, you gotta do jujitsu. It just rewires your brain. It's just I don't know. What a lot it of is. mental, right? It's a lot of mental. There's a lot of weird people in jujitsu too, <laughs> but like at the end of the day, we're all. That's not true. There's a lot of weird people in jujitsu, but like. I really think uh, it's really good if you don't have uh, like a, a level of some sort of suffering in your life, yeah. because it's it's a very mental game and like it's fucking tough too. Like you're you're literally getting beat up every day. Like every day I go into training, I'm getting tapped by like fucking fifteen year olds, old men. Like it doesn't even yeah. make sense. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like you could be a two hundred twenty pound guy, but a guy who's one sixty can choke you out. Exactly. Like, so it kind of levels the playing field. Yeah. Whereas. There's not a lot of sports that that kind of is a thing. It's a great, uh, it's a great outlet for aggression too. Cause like you go in there, you get humbled so many times, yeah. and you're just like, wow, I fucking needed that, and like, you just leave with a, a level head, level headed, uh, clear mind. Yeah, oh, I think I that's a great thing. Being yeah. able to, I, I feel like that's kind of one of the issues of like today's youth is that there's no like, everybody gets a participation trophy, yeah. everybody gets this, but like you need to learn how to lose just as much as win, like winning is. Losing is just as important, if not yeah. more. Bro, yeah, losing is like, it's a way of life. You're Teaches gonna, you. You're going to take more losses than wins yeah. in your life. And I think it's funny, too. Like, people only see you for, like, the wins in your life. But really, it's it's losses that shape you into who you yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we definitely got to set that up. Yeah, I really love it. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm psyched. The other day, I was hanging out with um, Anthony Ashnell. I'm sure That's you know, my boy. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know him real so, well. Um, I've grown up like with him. He was one of the kids that always. You guys kind of look alike. Yeah, we do. People always say that, but he's got like a wide nose. So yeah. I'm like, and uh, he's the he's the han handsome. Yeah, Anthony yeah, Ashton. the han handsome Anthony. You <laughs> kill me if you heard me say that. But um, the other day, I'm I like, hope he doesn't see this. <laughs> no, I'm gonna send it to him. Good. So the other day, he's like, I'm talking to him, and he's like, uh, he was ha he's because he's doing a lot of like training now or whatever. He's traveling the world. Yeah, man. so he's all over the place. And I need to get him on here too. Yeah, I'm telling you, you do definitely. Yeah. He's a, he's a good dude. Mobbing. Uh, yeah, he's and, he's a, and he's a beast. Yeah, he'll, he at pretty much everything he does. Like he'll go into DJs and like rage his balls off, and then he'll go practice the next day. That's that's Rutgers in a fucking yeah. nutshell, dude. So I can't keep up with him, but uh, yeah, he's another guy that like I always used to wrestle with him and roll around, and he's still doing it. And the other day we were like just playing on the beach. He's like, dude, you gotta get back on the mat. I'm like, damn, I know. Yeah, and I know you know I fucking train at Rutgers too, like twice per week. Do you really? Yeah, sometimes they come in national. Yeah, yeah. Train over two they just got like before. a new facility, right? Or yeah, something? it looks so fucking it looks sick. nice. I saw it on Snap. You might have to go break that in. Yeah, I'm down, dude. <laughs> I'm up there because I'm at Kane. It's pretty close. All right, we'll set it up. Yeah, we'll set it up. Fun. All right, bro. Cool. Thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, of Appreciate course. You. Appreciate you, man. That's a wrap.